AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown? Sleep Tight Stories. And, and that's exactly what we're doing today. We're going to keep that shit going. We on a mean streak. certain what my flight time is. We're going to let him find his flight time. Yeah. <laughs> but while he does that, I, I will get into a portion of the greatness that this man has already sprinkled, not Talk only in him. the comedy world, but in the entertainment world. Talk to him. I'm talking about one of the most hilarious comedians to ever do this shit. Yes. You're great. That we had the privilege of watching. I'm telling I will hands down say my comedic opinion, one of the best joke tellers. Nobody can tell a joke better well, than Michael Collier. Tell the truth and shame the devil. That's what I always say. I'm talking about he's done it all from hosting a Showtime at the Apollo type shit, the deaf comedy jams and Shit, Star Search, his, his reputation speaks for itself, and me and him had a very long, detailed conversation about the shit that he did out on Venice Beach. Mm. Venice Beach, California? Is there any other place? I didn't know. See, that's what I'm 
This is not no interview. This is a master class. Come on, somebody. We get to actually talk to somebody who was right there. And we're going to get some history. Mm -hmm. We're going to get some laughs. And I know for sure we definitely going to get some game. I already told you his real name, but he'll tell you if I don't call him Uncle Mike, I'm always gonna call my him. My nephew, Mike. Showboat. Showboat. The boat is in the building. I told you I'm crackers for everybody. Come Let's on. go. Set it off. Don't play with the boat's money. That's yeah. all I can say. I just had to ask this lady one thing. I don't know what time my flight is, and I'm in the interview. What time? Call me back. Text it. You know it real when you put the quarter in there. What time is it? <laughs> What do you mean? No, I said, what time is my flight, baby? <laughs> That's what Okay, we're, we're good. All right, see you in a minute. We're going live. Bye. It's at 10 is my flight, so I'm good. If you're 10 minutes away, shoot, we cooking with oil. Hey! So check this out. This is what I need you to do because nobody does that shit like you. I want you to pick up the second half and give them the rest of the uh, intro. Uh, um, about me? Yes, because you do that shit oh, so well. Oh, my God. We're on we're now. Often talked about alleged comedian, gentleman, and a scholar. Intellectual giant of the pool of mental midgets and a connoisseur of fine haberdasheries. Thank you, Thank you. Hold on up before I shake your hand. <laughs> Oh, thank you, man. I'm honored that y'all you brought me in here, brother. Straight out of shot Talk about funny. You know, one of the best that's ever done is you, brother. And you're the young, young, already a legend. You already a legend. You a young legend. The way you deliver it. You and your team, brother. All three of y'all be killing. I don't know you much. I saw you on a couple of shows, but I wouldn't really recognize you if you stood up in my soup. But if they tell me you all right, you all right. Oh, he's very all right, dude. Yeah. He's a fucking guy now. First of all, it's an honor and a privilege to have you stop by and grace us. Brother, thank you. I'm honored to be here. I've been looking forward to coming here for a while, so this is really good. This so just really how you this how you know that we've been waiting on you, bro. I got the I'm starting off with the gifts. I used to make you should make them wait to the end. Whoa! I want you to have your shit in Yeah, I got the squeaky chicken. Hey, man. Who <laughs> brought the chicken? Man. Don't worry, I brought the chicken. Sit right there. Oh, man, we got things, man. We got things. You know, free shit is better than regular. She like free food is better than regular food. I don't even put no seasoning in that. I eat it quick for somebody to change their mind. You know, right. so this is beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait to wear it, too. Whoa, whoa. We're going to do the photo shoot and the whole thing. All that shit. Oh, man. I wish y'all was here to see this whole studio. It ain't no joke. <laughs> wait, put it right here. I'll sit it wherever you want. I, just I want to sit right there. That's what they said. My name right there. My kite. Okay. And they spelled it. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> it used to be the E-A-L. It, it was, what was that? E or A? That's E. That's E. That's okay. We'll if they put it. an E on the check, I still take it. You don't have to get me the goddamn man. He is good. He spins. Tell us. Let's just get right into it. Let's How get. does this journey start? Man, you know it's so it's so interesting. I started by being an actor in high school, and I wanted to really want to be an actor, so I got in all the plays. What high school, right? Morgan Park High School, Southside, Chicago, man. Come on, y'all. Morgan Park. I'm running projects, Robert Teller on 4352 South State Park. Nine on that. Make sure I got my wallet. Hold up, hold up. Make sure your wallet's safe. Before we go, you know, they destroyed all the black communities. So for you to come from his, like, historically legendary, give me a few stories after Robert Taylor home. But I'll tell you another story about Robert Taylor. First of all, there was an experiment first for they built projects. Whoa. They built these projects to contain us. Right. Whoa, that's and what it was. you notice, all projects are surrounded by freeways. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. of the way to concentrate all the black people in one area, if some shit break out, mm -hmm. they can roll tanks down the freeway. So they did a test in like either the 50s or the 60s called the rat test. And they actually took crates of rats and stacked them up. 
and just left them alone. And they watched it over time. They fed them, gave them water, but over time they killed each other off. So the folks who designed that system already knew how the projects were going to be when you put people on top of each other. But the main thing is they kept us away from the so-called them. You know what I'm saying? So the projects were built like that. And, and yeah. I heard they made the first one in Atlanta. That's what I heard. I, I don't Something know. Like that. I just know about I don't Chicago's know. projects. And what I do know is they always named them after black historical figures. Mm -hmm. so I grew up in Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor was the first black architect, brother. He, he went to Tuskegee. He worked under, under Carr, under uh, uh, George, George Washington, Washington Carver. Yeah, I'm from Alabama. I don't know. Oh, no, he was a cold, cold brother, a hell of an architect. I know. I'd be well. All these people were really, really great superheroes in history. Yeah. But they put the name on it, but the culture didn't really go with the building. They just put that on there and then ran it till it ran itself into the ground. So I moved mm. in there in 62. And I moved in in 62. No, 63. When we moved into the projects, Robert Taylor homes weren't even projects yet, brother. They was just high-rise apartments. Oh, they was just reg regular places. Yeah. It wasn't, brother, it wasn't we was called project. Moving on up. No well, section eight. Moving on up. No, okay. we're no section eight yet. Okay. And we were just moving into the apartments, man, and, and coming. Because I was living before then in what they call a three a three-story walk-up on a, um, the east side of Chicago, mm. and it was like seven of us living in a one-room room. So it was like. I was living in a one-room room and rooming with a rumor. It was so many of us <laughs> in that spot, but we made, so what you don't know, you broke. When everybody around you broke, right. as long as you got love. So we right. had that. We had a family, had four big brothers, my mom and dad, and we lived there. So we was in the projects till 68, then we moved out to Morgan Park, which they now call Ooh. Wild Hundreds, you know? So I got to Morgan Park, yeah. I, I wanted to act. I started getting every play, you know, and then I started doing yeah. comedy. Yeah. And cause I was acting, but I was starving to death. You know, mm -hmm. you you starve. Seventy-five percent of the actors don't make a living acting. Right. They got to do some other shit. They waiting tables or doing something else. Which I don't mind. Are you in I, Chicago now? Sixty-eight? No, I'm not in Chicago no more. I, I'm okay. there all the time. I go back and forth. My home is always there. You need to always be from where you come from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always going back. I always go to my community. I always get back. I go to the schools. I talk to people. I'm trying to help my school get a light and sound package because that's the first place I ever did theater, Guys in the House. Yeah. That's the first time I ever did theater. And now they refurbished the seats and the floors, but the sound system, the light is bad. So I'm going to do a benefit and raise money to get them lights and sound in Morgan Park. So, you know, when I got out, man, um, out of school and stuff, I was acting, I was making money. So my friend said, why don't you try comedy? And I started that and started doing street performance in Chicago. And people would walk right up to me, white folk, and hand me money. And I mean, you're thinking, you're talking 70 now, 73 and 74. Mm -hmm. They would just hand me cash. I had to look behind my back, I had to take shit. All I had to do was tell jokes, I liked it, you know? And so I became in 75, probably one of the best street performers. Mm -hmm. And I would do comedy. And uh, I was making a killing, but then winter came. And what the motherfuckers trying to hit no joke in December. <laughs> street, Fleet yeah, Street, it's Chicago. Yeah, so I packed up everything to fit in my car. At the time I had a 1967 Buick, Saber. I sold it. That's a great car. It's a fucking awesome car. I it's drove it Buick, all, all the way across the country. Your car, period. You ain't ride CTA? I'm no. talking about that heat that burn your nose hair with that. Mm. Yeah, that's a bad motherfucker right and there. And I was flashy. And it got me here. It got me, it got me to uh, Venice Beach, California, where I ended up got there and showed them how to do comedy, how to make money. When I got there, all these people was there, but they weren't making money. They got a guy out there, he just died to my friend. 
Harry Hernandez. He called himself Uber Uber. He would Uber. jump in glass. He had a pile of glass. And he would stand on the chair, jump in the glass barefoot, then take his shirt off, lay in the glass. One lady would stand on his chest. A man would stand on his thighs. He'd smoke a cigarette. And he'd get up. He didn't have a scratch. He'd do like six, seven shows a day. He made $40. I said, nigga, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to get paid for real. So I showed all the people along, along there how to get their money. So I would do five one-hour shows every Saturday and Sunday for nine years from 86 to 95, you know, and I was killing it. But I'd leave with a suitcase full of money. So it was really great, and, but but that's how I get to get in because everybody comes to Venice Beach. Right. Venice Beach is the second most popular destination in California, second only to Disney. So everybody comes to Venice. Everybody come to LA, bring their people. When they got guests, they bring them out to Venice because out there you could have a cheap date for $20. You can have a good time on the beautiful on the shit. Beach. It's some beautiful shit. Don't let shit. them fuck around and have that fair shit going on. The what was the fair? fair? That fair shit. The carnival. The, the, like, the little shit they have. Not the Harry like, Krishna one. Like the little shit with the rats. Like the Navy Pier type of thing. They shit. bring all kind of fun stuff. So it was just really cool to do it. But being out there, everybody comes to the beach. So all the directors, producers would see me performing right. and invite me to audition for stuff. And first one was Robert Townsend, who I already knew, and he got me. I did Hollywood Shuffle with him, which was the first movie, but I still own Venice. But it was Bernie Mac, man. Bernie Mac, let me tell you something about Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac was a black man. Yeah. See, black men are rare. Niggas? Niggas everywhere. You can open the club and pop in your car and four niggas fall out. But black men, men who have integrity for their community, for their family, for their queen, for their God, rare indeed. Bernie Mac, like he didn't go out with us, man. When, he, when we got through working, he went back to the room, man, got him some soul food, man, got him some red beans and rice and laid up on the phone with his wife. He wasn't in the, I wasn't all out in the street doing all that shit. He was a black man doing his shit and he got me on Def Jam. I didn't even know Def Jam was coming. And he made them put me on the show. I still on Venice. Went there and mm. killed them motherfuckers, man. What year we talking about? What year we talking about now, Mike, with the Def Jam? Now? Ooh, what year we talking about? Is that '92 one? No, I'm thinking '88. No, I did first year of it. Yeah, yeah, so it's been like '92, '91, '92, something like that. That far? No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking '88. It wasn't no '90s shit. It wasn't nowhere near no '90s. No, no, no. Yeah, he talking before it was a tour. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, we, okay. when that first started, I mean, I'm talking, it was real early. I just got the, okay, so I just got to the beach. That was 86. Mm -hmm. So we did it probably 87 or 88. Okay, And okay. I ended up doing six seasons yeah. of that and hosting one. Yeah. But Bernie was always just a down brother. Like, he wouldn't step on nobody, which yeah. I can't say for a lot of motherfuckers. He wouldn't step on you to get something. Five dollars more, more airtime. He ain't doing that shit, man. Real comedian. He, he, no, he was a real comedian. He was a real man and so I, I just always salute that brother and his family I would love to interview his wife and I would just love to have both of them, they both in Chicago and talk too? about them legends. Well, Bernie's from Chicago. I don't know where Robin's original place. I know he passed there, but I thought, I thought he might have been from Chicago too. Yeah, my daddy knew him. I heard. Well, yeah. good. Robin's good. Robin wasn't scared, you know. Yeah. So, and he was ready. But he's ordinary. He just come out. He was like that uncle everybody loved. It's in the family. You know what the fuck he gonna do? Work with him a lot. I didn't work with him very much at all. You know, actually, the truth is, we sort of battled. You know, when oh. him started. Me, on, I mean, when, when, the no, when the play started, when uh, Comedy Act Theater started, we all started the same day together. You were Robin Harris? Yeah, me, Robin Harris, uh, both of the um, Damon Wayans, Keenan Wayans, Rusty Conda, and, and Marie Johnson. You, did you see the movie, uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker? Yeah, but, like, hey, hey, 
Yeah, yeah, we seen it. One round with one leg. Yeah, the lady yeah, with the one yeah. leg. She, she did a lot of work. She's a cold sister. And she I was did. for a while was vice president of SAG. She's a cold sister. But it was like eight of us. In fact, when we did the first show, it was two blocks from the original spot. African brother ran it, but he took all the money. Mm. So about a second week, we walked to the Comedy Act Theater, and they understand <laughs> at the Comedy Act Theater. But the thing is. Well, me and him both were like top dog and shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. He was an urban cat around here. Everybody knew him, but I was killing motherfuckers on Venice Beach. Yeah, I was naturally. busting the head open, right? So both of us would show up, and we were both battling to see who would be the MC, because they hadn't solidified who's going to be the regular MC yet. And, and then me and him would get into arguments over jokes. Who owned the jokes? All right. But it was somebody <laughs> else's shit that we were both stealing. You <laughs> like, know, so I would be doing a Red like, Fox joke. Like a stock joke. And he, yeah, a stock joke. He said, how you doing my shit? Nigga, that ain't your shit. That's Red Fox shit now. You can't <laughs> take somebody. Although, I don't think an old joke should die. Just called the motherfucker that wrote it did. No, I think we're gonna keep jokes alive. So if you yeah. gone, oh, I might use your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh, yeah. Old joke. The old joke. The old oh, joke. Alert. You nah. need that, man. I like this thing too. That's what, that's what I watched y'all come up in, man. Two hillbillies walk across a field. And one of them say, hey, I gotta take a dump. Hillman said, why are you telling me? He said, because I ain't got no place to go. He said, fool, you in the forest. Why don't you go on behind one of them big old trees? So gotta go behind a tree. He get through doing his business. He yell out, hey! Well, I'm supposed to wipe myself with. Ain't no big leaves or nothing <laughs> around. His partner said, just use a dollar. So he come back out five minutes later, shit all in his hands, shit between his fingers, shit on his nails. His partner said, damn, that's nasty. He said, oh, this ain't shit. You should see the two quarters and the five dimes. <laughs> Sorry, he said, use a dollar. I didn't mean to make a math problem out of it. What's the word you mean, Carlos Miller? Magico Bean. No, it's happening. And we got a special announcement, man. We got something special coming, but instead of us telling you when it's coming, we're going to let them tell you. Who we got coming? AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating 
and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anyway, so, so, so jokes are baby. So what I did is I came, I came to Venice and started doing it. I made the money. I made money really quick. It scared me how much. But I didn't start making money until an old white homeless dude came up and talked to me. I was just making coins and shit. And this white dude came to me and he said, you know they call black people colored? But it's really the white people. 
You know, I mean, black people, when they born, they like a brown. They might get a darker brown. When they die, they brown. But white folks, they pink when they born, they red when they mad, they blue when they, uh, they, they cold, cold, when they die, they gray. There's your colored people. So I would build this whole routine about colored people and racism and make a, a story about the fact is, is racism is a fucking joke, man. Mm. Like, I hate racism so much, I wouldn't even do a racist joke. Okay, I'm gonna just do one. Okay. Right. A white man, a black man, an Asian and a Hispanic. Come on, over the top of this tall mountain, Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro, whatever. So the Hispanic said, this is for my people. Jumped off the mountain. Asian said, this is for my people. Jumped off the mountain. Black dude said, this is for my people. Grabbed the white dude, threw that motherfucker <laughs> off the mountain. And white folks, when they tell it, just flip it. If you just flip it, you can tell that joke. So jokes, <laughs> jokes become for me an equity. You know, and by doing it on Venice Beach, God showed me that I don't have to work for other people. So when I was there battling with Robin about whose night is it, who's gonna be the, the MC, I walked away from it because me and him actually got in, was gonna battle. I wouldn't got gloves and shit. I said, come on, let's go to the back because we was about to tussle and shit. Yeah. And Michael Williams who put it together, broke that up. So we never was like really friends. I mean, we was cordial to each other. And then after he became a star, we would see each other and speak and stuff. I hate it that we never made, had a friendship, you right. know what I'm saying? But you can't deny who he is and who he was. <clears throat> Just truly a great comedian, had a lot of character, a lot of style, you know? And he wasn't a shitty person. He wasn't a backstab and try to fuck people over something. He was just a straightforward dude who wanted to do his work and be part of this big thing. He would have been the biggest fucking comic in the world Robert if he Robert had Hatt. died. Robert. Oh, you couldn't touch it. I heard he was gonna be doing, Lowe's told me something about him, uh, about the Def Jam or something like that by Robert Harris. Def Jam was built for Robin Harris. Yeah. You knew that, right? Yeah. That's why it was created. They created that show for him. And then he died right before it started, so they gave it to his partner, Martin Lawrence, the closest cat to him. Okay. And he inherited that role, Martin. Yeah. So Martin should be sending that boy's family little checks and shit, you know, because <laughs> that put him on, you know? And a lot of times, people don't understand, a lot of times it's not about the talent, it's about the access. You know what I'm saying? Can you get in a place? You know, it's a lot of talented people can't get in because they don't know the right people. Yeah. Everything's about communications and relationships. If you know the right people, the way you talk to them. And if they them, know you. Yeah, and if they know you and if they care about you, that's the relationship part of it. Because people like to work with people who they like. They like to work with friends. They like to work with relatives, people they can trust. Yep. You know, so if, they, if, they, if the relationship is cool, you can go everywhere. If your relationship is bad, you ain't getting nowhere. You can see talented motherfuckers who should be a lot further like me. But if you don't have, you talking to one right now. There you are. Then you see some motherfuckers. I ain't gonna say no names. It ain't shit. And they got a series, but they knew the right person. They knew how to finesse it. You know, communication and relationships. I cannot beat that into our heads enough. How you talk to people and what the relationship is. I think you should stop at just being good to everybody. Yeah. If you can stop at just. Even if you the baddest motherfucker around, that don't mean you get to have an attitude about it. Mm -hmm. You still gotta be okay, cause yeah. God gave you that shit. Just like God gave everybody what they got, you got it from the same master I did. Come the fuck down. They ain't nothing but the Lord. I hear you right yeah, there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just at the same time. Now you come. We're talking about God, but you know, I don't think God got trouble. We the gods. I think it's the vulgarity. Profanity, because I like profanity. I don't like vulgarity. Motherfuckers suck my dick, fuck y'all. That's <laughs> hilarious to me. But I was, I was on the show the other day, and this motherfucker gonna come out talking about eating ass. You know, we in the club, he talking about eating ass, and then we got motherfucking food on the table. I, 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 I would never 
eat ass again. And no, <laughs> never. Too salty. Uh-uh. Too salty. So, uh, well, make your feet fat. Uh, <laughs> man, this man. So your access is a lot of it, man. If you do your work, but one thing is, a lot of times people try to stop you in this game too. So that's when it comes down to doing your work. If you do your work and keep your head down, don't start shit with people. You still will be able to do whatever you want to do eventually, especially if you keep God first. Can't nobody stop you if it's one plus God. You know, that's why my favorite story from the Bible is uh, David and Goliath, because David was just a little big dude, and Goliath was a big, nasty motherfucker. You know, bad teeth, breath stink, ugly motherfucker. And he wasn't just killing, he was raping and pillaging. I don't even know fuck pillaging in, but I think it's That's terrible. when you just start showing your ass. You, <laughs> you're doing shit that don't gotta be done. You're knocking over shit. Then you don't even knock, need to windows, knock them. Just no dead, grabbing he was, pussies. He was a pillaging motherfucker. Cussing motherfuckers out. Pussies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, grabbing pussies. would have loved him. Yeah. Anyway, David <laughs> wasn't happening. That's when you steal and you leave shit and let them know you stole it. When you uh, pillaging, <laughs> that's like you just grab some shit and... No, you walk out and it's still hanging out the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still feed the shit hanging out the pocket. I don't know what that shit is. That's like when I was doing crack. Say what? I was doing crack and, and I was, I was the girl you know, I was with was smoke up all my dope and then help me look for it, nigga. We just, where, where that goddamn rock, baby? I help you look. Her eyes all funny and shit. We're walking fast and fucking going nowhere. Anyway, I'm sorry, did we get to that topic already? You did it. You, oh, sure. you, did. you know what? We in that bitch. Hey, man, welcome back to the 85 Show. This next portion of the show <laughs> is dedicated to the to, chicken. Exactly. <laughs> we saving lives out here. We are saving Humor saves lives. Humor does. Humor is healing, brother. If you can laugh through a thing, you can get through a thing. So I started doing Venice Beach, and back on Venice, everybody would show up. Directors from other shows would say, man, you got to come do my show. Or they say, come audition for a show. So I started getting the work from that, and it just made me a little bit more visible. But it was the improv that brought me in. Yeah. So Bud Friedman, who owned the improv, saw me on Venice Beach. You know, and he was like, I want to be part of the family. And it just made a difference once again. We're talking about access. And it's Hollywood now. It's Hollywood. Yeah, it's Hollywood. This, well, I was living in Venice, but Hollywood is where uh, the improv is. It's like the two most important comedy clubs probably in America are in L.A., and that's the improv and the comedy store. Okay. Laugh Factory is pretty important, too. Okay. But comedy store and improv are the top dogs, and so everybody wants to get in, in those, you know? And he just walked up to me on the beach and said, dude, you got to be part of the family. Back then, they had a show on TV called... Uh, Evenings at the Improv. Yep. Evenings at the Improv. I remember. Seven of them. You know, so it was just cool. And I yeah, did. that big ass suit. <laughs> <laughs> that suit was big as hell. I think it was my first. Yeah, come on, uh, man. Before you got tailor made, we got a suit with custom ties and shit. I thought it was pretty fabulous. Uh, a yeah. lot of, lot of, lot of fabric was on that. Yeah. Uh, to go you got flat in the middle. Off in the middle. middle. You got flat in the middle. You got flat in the middle. <laughs> But I, but all of this is such a blessing, and it's such a, it's really such a blessing to do what we do. Right. To be able to talk shit and get paid for it. God damn. That's a nice car. That's a bad one. you call? Yeah, that's a nice car. <laughs> I asked them not to be revving my shit up while we're maybe talking, <laughs> but they get carried away. They smoke a fat one, and then it's uh, okay. And y'all don't have to not smoke because I don't smoke. Please. Well, you know they ain't never the Lord. Say. I was trying to be so respectful. Oh no, 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 no! I, I, I ain't allowed to smoke it, but I can smell it. <sighs> I'm here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I'm like Barack. I'm not going hell. Just come on with it. <laughs> we I'll just smoke it so the kids don't find it. So, so, so one thing leads to the other, gets me out there, I get to do the shows. Um, don't worry about noise. Now, we'll, we'll F that out. I'm just trying to see if 
If that's your car, that'd be a real shit. Everybody in here looking at me, that sounds like some of my shit. familiar. Oh no, that sound that do sound like some of my shit. Can't you hit a button and see your shit though? I mean, that's too close for it not to. Well, it's too long too. Cause they stealing your shit. They not stealing this long. They're not stealing Oh. They're not, they might be delivering something. Oh, no shit. Never mind that. Okay. Never mind. When they deliver my Lamborghini, I'm gonna ask them to do it quietly. Now they gone. I got some shit sound like. You got some shit sound like that? Mike, hold on. My folks like to sound like see if that's, that's some of that shit. Oh, somebody got in and having fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so honored to be here, brother. And, um... Yeah, yeah, the story is good, the story is good. I love to tell the story. I gotta tell you, I was out there on that beach. And should we wait for the noise to stop? I don't, I don't even think they got shit to do with it. I think they doing that shit cause they know we taping. It stopped. He went out there. Shut the fuck up. They well, I heard, blah, blah, and then it got quiet. So, no, that, was, that, <laughs> that is not what happened, that's not what happened. Okay, so that got me on the beach, that got me on the beach, you got to do comedy on the beach, that took me to movies and little TV shows and stuff, and basically I just grind. I just grind. I just want to do my shit, and I keep trying to be as creative as I can. I keep trying not to hurt other people and doing it. Yeah. But um, but I do jokes and routines, I talk about my life, and my addiction is something I talk about everywhere. People to know they get out, you know what I'm saying? Because I did crack for 23 years as a mark. Of years of pure sobriety. Hey! Thank you. That's real talk Don't right there, Mike. Say that, say that again. Say that again. Don't, Don't applaud the fact that I used to get fucked up. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no, I was, I'm a hard, sorry. I was a hardcore addict, dude. I couldn't understand how the fuck <laughs> we gonna stop getting high. And it's still dope on this plate. Hand that razor blade. No, I ain't no <laughs> And I chopped them motherfucking rocks up and smush them, you know, because you gotta get them in the stem. Clean the stem. Residue, nigga. <laughs> I kill for it, dude. Anyway, I can make a crack pipe out of anything. Piece of glass, soda pop can, Tampax, car antenna. If you came out your house in the 90s and your car antenna was gone, motherfucker, that was me. In fact, if you got there five minutes earlier, you would have saw me running. But what I'm saying is I, I, I made so much money on that beach. I think it was uh, Robin Williams who said it. Cocaine is God's way of saying you're making too much goddamn money. So, <laughs> so next thing you know, I was out there getting high and getting fucked up. And I think it damaged my progression, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it, it hurt me in my career because I've been much further down the line except I took a break. And when you become an addict, you put your life on hold. You know what I'm saying? You put your possibilities on hold. You put uh, your possibilities on hold because now you're on stuck. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel room smoking with motherfuckers I generally wouldn't talk to on the street. Um, but I was having a okay. I'd be seeing people all the time, oh, I smoked crack, my life was so bad. Nigga, I was having a fucking blast. But, <laughs> but I was doing it. And then suddenly I looked up and I was missing some things. You know, all of a sudden I, I wasn't making the money that my peers was making. I wasn't making the progress. I wasn't getting the roles. I lost so many friends and um, associates and opportunities, and most of them I didn't know I lost, you know, because I, I didn't, I wasn't no motherfucker out there stealing shit. I wasn't no addict breaking houses and all that addict. shit. I was a functioning addict. Yeah. I was a functioning addict that was functioning dysfunctionally. So I was working within the system because most of the people didn't know. When I did Hollywood Shuffle, 
Them motherfuckers didn't know I was getting high. Robert Townsend didn't know he my friend. I, that was my first movie. I had my two lines. No, no, it's a muffler. Uh, but them two lines got me $1,004, got me in Screen Actors Guild. He didn't know. Uh, Bernie Mac got me on Def Jam. He didn't know I was getting high. Nobody knew I was getting high except the motherfuckers getting high with me, you know, and, and the salesman. And the salesman. You know, it's funny how the addicts seem to outlive the salesman. Have you ever noticed that? That's it. The, 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 the crack dealer, them motherfuckers be dead and gone. That same addict, motherfucker, fast motherfucker, looking, looking for that rock. What the fuck? I, yeah, I hear 40 years later. If I go to Venice right now, we just went this weekend. I see cats that was out there getting cracked out when I was there. And they all walked right up to me and hugged me. You know, hey, my, hey, 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 you back. Mouth all twisted and shit, talking fat. They still on it. I don't know. I don't think that, that there's so much other shit in them. Ain't no outside shit can kill them. You got to hit them with a car. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was just about to say. Damn. Yeah. Crackheads live forever. Yeah, they live forever. The elephants kill crackheads. Yeah, they have muted all that other shit. Yeah. COVID. Fuck out. Yeah, man, exactly. I didn't have that shit. COVID, can we smoke it, nigga? Put the COVID in the pipe. Put it in. Put it in. Okay, ready? We filming. Hey, nigga. Pop your shit. Hey, homie. Pop your shit. Pop your shit, homie. Pop your shit, homie. Yeah. Real player. Real player. Let's think. Hold up, my nigga. You being hella boosy right now. Hold up. Pop your shit, homie. You already know what it is. Nigga. Throw that shit up. Pop your shit. Pop your shit. I might be there. I might not. Yeah, it's enough. Show him your cookies you brought with you. Nigga. Nigga, look at this. Cookies got shake in the bottom. You ain't never had no chocolate chip shake, nigga. What day we going? Mama's, nigga. June 4th. What fuck you talking about? Oakland Arena, nigga. Yeah, nigga. June 4th, three-headed monster tour on Cetus. Nigga, on, nigga, hey. nigga on your baby, nigga. nigga. What the fuck you talking about? I ain't Hell never seen your baby. Hella niggas, nigga. Hella out there. Hella niggas already got their The bitches nigga. already out there, hella, nigga. Hella bitches. Hella bitches, nigga. nigga. Not few, but a hella. Hella. I ain't nigga. never seen hella. Nigga on the town. It's gonna be hella bitches. Oh my mama, nigga. Oh my mama. No cap. And two is not hella. Fuck you talking about, nigga. Yeah. Town business. Uh, what it is? Three-headed monster tour. Show them the cookies. Cookies, nigga. Oh mama. Oh my mama's crazy. <laughs> they were they were putting taxes on everything because of the COVID, raising taxes on yeah. everything, even the drugs too. You know. Oh, yeah. They put the taxes on I, I would hope that folks who saw what I do will see how I do my life, understanding my life ain't no perfect life. It ain't even close to that shit. Uh, I'm just a working artist. I'm right. working human being, and my goal is to keep unfolding into my greater self. So I want to keep on learning. You know, I want to learn how to be a better person, but how else will to give back? You know. What is that sound? A Volkswagen. No, I'm going to click. Yeah. Click. Oh, pause the music. That's the beat. That was he, the beat coming. You got just got to yourself right there. You got the shirt on. Your That's phone. music? Ain't nothing louder yeah. than that but your You've shirt, You've been on right? the beat the whole time. He said ain't nothing louder than that but your <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that shit, but I love it. Oh my God, last time true, I saw right? a head like yours, it had a rubber on it. Man. Listen, I didn't, know, I didn't know we was going there, but if we are, I'm sorry. I'm from the project I'm now. Sorry. We want to talk some shit. Let's go. I'm sorry. I love that kid of shit. Man. I don't need no routine now. <laughs> <laughs>
Mike, that's why I love you, brother. You a real comedian, you, man. King. Like on stage, off stage, man. You can turn it on. You get intellectual. You know what I'm saying? Thank get, you, brother. You just said you, you got to get somebody to get hit with a car to get off dope. You know what I'm saying? So you. <laughs> it was something. I learned Unlimited. a lot from it, man. I learned a lot, but I'm able to teach from it. So what would you say to the people who who are struggling with their addictions right now? They watching. Well, I would say. Um, Stand tall in your struggle and continue to struggle and don't give up. You know, um, my thing is, I know you can turn it around. I'm, I'm currently doing a one-man play called Michael Kaya's Mama, and I play 17 characters. And in this play, I go through my addiction. So you can see me getting fucked up. You can see me going through this shit. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm teaching is a lesson, though, that although you can go into it and go through it, you can also get to the other side of it. So when people come to watch my show, they know I'm a fucking hardcore crackhead. I've been that for years. And once you're an addict, you're always an addict. I'm not a practicing addict, but you're always an addict. And if a person been getting high a couple of years and think they stuck, they can look at me and see my career and my life and my love and my God and see that I went through shit like every human does but you can get to the other side. And you can't just stop, you can't just quit just cause it look dismal. Find some new motherfuckers. If you high and you can't get unhigh, get away from all the people you know. Get away from them motherfuckers. People, places and things that have that drug you desire, get fuck away from them and find some wholesome people. If, if you're really struggling and you want to really want to stop struggling. Cause a lot of people who are struggling, they say they're struggling, but they're happier there. They've convinced themselves that this is better than going to do the work it takes to build themselves as a human being. Right. So it's just easier to pick up that rock. It's easier. So what would you tell people who got who got people like that in their family who who who's struggling like that that they're trying to, you know what I'm saying? They, you know, cause we compassionate already, so of course we get somebody like that in our family. We can't understand how the drug could take over like that, you know what I'm saying? So you well, know, almost everybody has someone in their family that's addicted yeah, on something. Shit. It might be shoes, it might be leather, it might be Food, but everybody gets someone who's addicted. If you're talking about someone who's addicted um, with a drug, you have to approach it in a way where you just got to be gentle with them and just keep coming at them. You know, I have relatives like that. And I just keep coming. Yeah. I send motivational speaking tapes to them. I fuck with them. I call them up. Nigga, you hot right now? Oh, yeah. good. Let's talk. You hot right now? Be the same yeah, I'm hot. Click, nigga. You know, I play It'll with them. The fuck with them. I, you don't want to beat them up, though. You don't want to demean a person. Because they already got enough shit on them. The fact that they're trying to become sober, it's, it's not a joke. Uh, being high really is an illness. It's, it's, you're sick, man. You know, and you, I mean, like if addicts would just stop being addicts on their own, we just fucking would. But we need help. And the places, the, the meeting places and the, the clinics and shit, they're not for the people who need them. It's for the people that want them. If the people who need it, a clinic or needed a meeting went, it wouldn't be no fucking room. People have to stand out in the streets, you know? So you really have to get to a point in your life where you decide you've had enough. You gotta be sick and tired of being sick, sick and, and tired. tired. You know, like with me, I kept doing it until I finally, I would come home 3.30 in the morning, my wife would be crying, you know? And, and then I'd come in, and I'd lay with her, and then she would fake sleeping because she didn't want to deal with my shit, you know? And I would fake. Like she sleep too. I played like she sleep too. Snuck my ass out that bed, went back in the bathroom because I had saved myself a little broken stem piece of rock and a lighter for uh, an afterblast. And I mean, I would be sitting, I'd be in the bathroom butt naked, like where your chair is, and maybe 50 feet away was a bed, my master bedroom. And she would never come and knock on that door. I'd be in there three hours, butt naked. 
flicking that motherfucking lighter till my thumb was red and sore and shit. And never she, come out of there, don't do that. And she ain't never do that. And I used to blame her for not saving me. And I would talk about it in my play, because the play called Mike Kai's Mama. And I go through all these characters and I would tell the story. And then I'd be on the floor getting out. And the 17th show, I stopped in the middle of the show. And I said, fuck. My wife wasn't supposed to save me. I shouldn't have put her in that motherfucking position. Mm. She shouldn't have been at the house crying every night and having to pretend to sleep not to deal with my shit. And here I am, getting fucking high, doing all the wrong shit and blaming her. If I wanted to be saved, I had to save myself. Accountability. Yeah, yeah, accountability. I had to save myself. I mean, you, none of us can save ourselves. We all need the Holy Spirit to help us. Mm. You know, and, and I mean, aspect right there. Yeah, because of any any program you're in for addiction, whether it's AA, CA, NA, even AAA, they all say that you have to be in touch with the God of your choosing. And y'all missed a fabulous fucking joke there. I said even triple A. No, Y'all like, no. No. Oh, you heard it? That shit was hilarious. Hey, like, we just, oh, you laughing inside. Man, you okay. We're <laughs> laughing at you. Well, I don't know if you're working if you're laughing inside. No, but anyway. I'm listening because I know the education is coming too. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the joke. I want to hear this. Fuck. I mean, I'm listening but to the shit. shit. The shit Mike, you get. Jojo Nelson with this shit, nigga. I got to hear this. This nigga say you Jojo Nelson. I'm going to get this story. I've been laughing at you for 30 fucking years. Now you want to get this game every day, you know? The game. Like, yeah, so the, the thing is, uh, yeah, so after a while, man, you just gotta get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was I was tired of my wife crying. I was tired of all that bullshit. And so I just went to the program, man. I just got in, in Cocaine Anonymous. And I was in there for about eight months before I got out. You know, I didn't fall off the wagon. I jumped off that motherfucker. Before you know it, it was right back where I started. Because when you're an addict, if you quit, when you go back, you don't go back and start over. You go back to the level you were at. So if you do $100 worth of crack a day, you don't go back and say, man, just give me a damn rock. That ain't gonna never work. Mm. In fact, I wish I had a fucking ATM machine in my house back then, because I kept going back for one more 20, then one more 20, I'd have cleaned that. I'm thinking about getting an ATM machine anyway, put it in my house, I'll put it up against the refrigerator. Mm. And um, and so so when you're out there, man, you feel like you're on your own, you feel like you're alone. If you're an addict, you're not alone. There's always people here to talk to you. If you can't find nobody else, church will talk to you. But there's always programs in every city. Yeah. There's a thousand, not yeah. 500 or 40, there's a thousand fucking meetings every week in every major city of America. So if you say you can't find a meeting, you're just coming up with excuses. And you know, one thing we have to do to survive our lives or to excel in our lives is get away from these excuse motherfuckers. It's oh, Q-P, only quality people. You gotta get away from all negative motherfuckers, people who are lying, people who are backstabbing you, people talking, saying bad shit, you get away from them. And especially excuse makers. I don't know motherfuckers who make excuses, I know people who make money, I don't know no motherfuckers who make them both. And you could be doing great, you know, and then the motherfucker next to you, oh, the universe has cursed me. No, the universe doesn't curse you, it doesn't bless you. The universe responds to your vibration. Whatever you send it to the universe, the universe sends back greater to you. Mm. But we don't know that shit till we learn it. Okay. We learn these lessons by going through it. You know, I lost I lost, uh, I lost the love, I lost money, I lost opportunities, and I suspect I lost respect from people in my industry. Uh, I don't know, though. Uh, no one's had the uh, courage to walk up and tell me. I know there's a lot of opportunities I don't get. I don't think it's coincidental. I think motherfuckers are stopping me from doing this and that. But let me tell you, ultimately, nobody can fucking stop you. 
And you got people out there talking about they'll cancel you. You can't be canceled yeah. unless you cancel your own self. People can't take your fucking power. You have to give it away. So a person can say no to you, but that don't mean you can't do it. That just means, no, I can't do it with your bitch ass. So I'll go over here and do it with somebody else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you can't be stopped. Don't let people stop you. And if you feel like you can be stopped, get back to God. Because mm. I was trying to tell a story real quick about the whole thing about... Uh, David and Goliath. What was so awesome is David was just a little boy and he took out this giant with a smooth rock, a couple of smooth rocks from the ocean, from the sea, but it wasn't about what he had or who he was. He was like, do you see who I'm with? One with God, is a, one with God is a majority. One with God, me and God will take on any of you motherfuckers. One with God is a majority. Once you really get back with God, really get back straight with your spirit, man, there ain't no limit. You really, then you really get creative, and don't let love come in the picture. Oh my God! If love come in, if you got love, you found your mate, your other half, and God. Well, you a beast. You can make anything happen. You know? Yeah. I like that. You like the story, huh? I love you, man. I fucks with it. This is my nephew. I knew that shit was coming. I knew that shit was coming. I was like, yeah, watch, watch, watch him fuck him up. I ain't gonna let you get woke. Like, I like, I like that, man. I like, I like that message right there, brother. Yeah, Come. man. But I, I, I know think... one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Motherfucking the boat. Come on, we're we're moving. We're moving. That's like I'm one. Always wonder, man. What movie is that? House Party Three. The only one that really counts. Now one. I was always wondering if they like they just let you run. One was excellent. Three was with that character. With me? Yeah, with Showboat. Of course. All those lines. All that shit was man. You know. Yeah. I mean, they gave me a line too. Mostly just let me go. That's why that movie was so good. That the third one was the one that's out right now is just doo doo. It's the worst. I couldn't find one joke. Can't say that. I gotta say it. I ain't see one. Joe. DC on the in the movie. Where is he? He in there. Okay, now I didn't go far enough. I couldn't make it past the left <laughs> minute I cut off. I'd like to apologize Where? personally to DC because I didn't know you was in that shit. <laughs> but uh, how you gonna do motherfucking house party without the boat, nigga? That's some bullshit. First of all, first of all, they did fuck up when they did. They should have put the boat in. They, they should have put the boat in there. But I didn't know DC was in there. I take that back. But um, I tried to watch it. I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't. And four, the one number four, they should, whoever wrote that shit should apologize to every motherfucking Hollywood and they should get out the business. Okay, so one and three was great. Two was who okay. Wrote one? Who wrote one? I, I don't know who wrote the first mm. one, but it was the brothers. Yeah. It wasn't like, the Hudlin brothers? It was the Hudlin brothers. One that made the made the I think it was Reginald Hudlin. I, I don't know. Somebody over there, all y'all got Google. Fucking phone. Google. Go to Google. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the go first to Google house Google and Google, Google. Go to Google and Google. If you Google. say it real fast, you sound like a baby. Like, a go to Google and Eric wrote ours, though, and it was really good. But what was so cool was our cast. We had the best cast. Uh, uh, Chris Tucker in his Mr. first <laughs> had two scenes and never looked back. Yes. The of course, the great Bernie Mac. Bernie was in that too. Johnny Booze was his name. Johnny Booze. The, the, the other group, Immature, yeah, was in there. Yeah, the manager for the stripper and Johnny Wood. Yes. Immature was in there. Immature was in there. The TLC. The lady, TLC was in there. TLC. So was Sex is a weapon. Kid and play. For real. Uh, uh, simply Marvelous. Simply Marvelous. Ronaldo Ray yes. was her, was another her great. husband. Another great. Uh, 
Hey man, that's my my wife you talking to. <laughs> my, my wife you yeah. You got his voice. No, no, great too. That's his voice. No, that cast was brilliant and it wasn't number, number fun. Yeah. Every day they just turn you the fuck loose. AJ Johnson. Who's the ladies? The lady that was your body. AJ Johnson's. I miss AJ Johnson. Freeze love. Freeze love and then played the convicts who ran the food service. The food service. <laughs> AJ was AJ in the two. AJ was in the two, right? Yeah, they were on the food c- service with Freeze. He was on there with Freeze. Yeah, uh, catering. So that's like, that's like a that was a Friday right there type of situation. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's a big comedian. Yeah, base. it was a Friday situation. A yeah. Situation you bring together a bunch of comedians, and if you got a good property, you know, if you've really written a funny ass show, almost everybody gets to go on to other Kids, stuff. You need to get over here. These boys got a party. Everybody here, including the law. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. 
And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. That movie was the shit. I got this uh, talk show I had on BET. And this is before Steve or anybody, anybody black people got stuck. This is the first late night talk show. Mm -hmm. And so it was built for Cedric the Entertainer. And then Cedric walked away like six or seven days before he he just left the project. And Bob Johnson, who owned BET, was my friend at the time and gave me that opportunity. So a lot of people remember we were saying, who in the hell left the gate open? And when I got on that show, man, first thing I was trying to do, like I'm trying to do now is get all the biggest stars I can on my podcast, Michael Talks to Everybody. Everybody, okay? That's E-R-R-B-O-B-Y. Spell it right. And I mean, so far we've already had Earthquake and... T.I. and T.S. Madison was wonderful. I said, T.S., why is T.S. in your name? And she, she said, so people don't transsexual. I said, but why is it in your name? She said, so yeah. if I meet somebody, they know that right away. That way I don't get back to the house and the dangling don't pop out and somebody's in trouble. So we say it up front, and I didn't know that. That's the scariest shit I didn't know why they said, I call themselves T.S. Madison. I know. But I then, thought it was an initials or something. She said, but uh, also... Because she said, I had a second answer. She said, I'm also because I'm very spiritual, and me and my mother are spiritual, and I think my body parts were given, given to me by God, and I wouldn't want to disrespect God like that. And then she said, and, um, because I asked why you still got the dick. And she said, <laughs> yeah, no, I said, no, I said, riddle me this. She, because she told me before the interview, she said, I don't have thin skin. Ask me anything. That's why I said, well, why do you got the dick? And she said, my mother and I were spiritual, and I don't want to remove that body part. It would offend the Lord. And then she said, I like getting my dick sucked. My guy, don't you like getting your dick sucked, my guy? I was like, yeah, but not right now. But I'm just saying, she came on the show and was open and funny and awesome. And then Earthquake came and killed it. Then T.I. came, and we joked about him getting booed. Uh, but the, <laughs> that wasn't no real booing. J.B. Smooth had the greatest booing. Yeah, T.I. came back and, yeah, he came back and represented on him. Yeah, T.I. came back and represented yeah, J.B. Smooth is awesome, and he always makes it happen. But he came to Atlanta and got booed so bad, you hear the boo in the plane. I was flying over yeah. here, boo, motherfucker, boo, boo. You know, so uh, I, I love both of these cats. But anyway, <laughs> so, so Hill Harper might have one of the biggest brains I've ever talked to. I don't you know, know how to get his brain, that, that big ass brain, a little head. Yeah. Uh, we had Hill Harper on the show. And then our show's about topics. You know, so we did, is church still relevant? But when I did it at first, it was me and three of my heathen friends. 
So it was funny. But I don't think we got to the quick of it. So we came back and brought Yolanda Adams Woo! and Bishop Vance Olds. Y'all know Vance Olds? I don't know Vance Olds. He's always roller skating. You see him and his yes, wife I roller do skating know him. all the On the internet, on, um, yeah, on TikTok, the pastor. Yeah, he's a bad boy, too. He, he awesome. I know you're talking, I know you're talking about. Steve Harvey show, but he did my morning show seven times first. That's another story. Anyway, he hey. came on. And so they could talk, really talk religion, you know. Then we did the nigga show, you know, N-I-G-G-A, naturally invoking God's greatest attributes. I have a nigga shirt that'll tell you on the back all the countries in Africa that the word nigga came from and what it meant. Nigga originally meant God and king and emperor. N-G-R or N-I-G-E-R, which is the Niger River, or there's oh. several variating forms. So this shirt lists all the places come. So you mean like the, technically, like, like, the, like Nagas, like Queen, like King Nagas, like, stuff like, like that. N-E-G-G-A. All and they all meant king. They all meant the great. So white folks took our greatest word. And use it as a stick to give us something to fight about. That's why I still be using it. Yeah, you better keep using it. Fuck them. Fuck them. I love them. They be fucking up. I heard them. I couldn't find a word better than say the nigga. Nigga's fat. I can say nigga a thousand different ways. And you know exactly what the fuck I mean. You my nigga. Nigga what? <laughs> nigga. Nigga. You know, I mean, it's, it's such now, a wonderful word, but that means we suck now, the power out of it. Now, no, no, See, no, no. I will say this. I will, I will say this, Mike. Now, what I heard about that, about the nigga, the NG connotation. Where are you hearing this shit from? I read it in some books. Well, how the fuck did you hear it if you read it? I don't believe that. Hold on, man. You ain't like all talk. I read this nigga read Wait a minute now, dog. Hold on. I got the book from his house. Don't read like that. Now, he got some books too, though. You don't look like You say he got books? He don't look like you read some shit, did you read it or did you hear it? I think you heard You didn't read that. No, hold on now. Wait a minute. We ain't gonna make it look crazy now. We talking about What voice do you read in? I read it in the voice of my damn head. So you basically saying you told yourself this shit. Well, oh, you ain't gonna act like I ain't got different voices now. <laughs> you ain't gonna act like that. Have you ever argued with yourself? I argue with myself oh, all the time. Good, good. As long as you don't strike you, it should be okay. Man, y'all tripping. Y'all, can't, y'all feel like y'all judging me right That's now. That's my problem. <laughs> but I do get community service points every time. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, man? Y'all don't want to hear it, man. Y'all don't want to hear Y'all I got a know whole, y'all are. We in that real <laughs> shit. I make Mike, him sign off on that sheet when he leave. We down here on. We down here, man. Shout out, rest in peace, Martin Luther King, man. Today, today, man, he got killed, man. Ain't it? Damn, shit. Yes, sir. Yeah. April 4th, 1968, Don't let me forget, we got to shout out Martin Luther King. I said, I ain't going to let you forget, Nick. That's Martin right. Luther, matter of fact, I met Martin Luther King. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I usually don't tell this story. You ain't about to get on here and lie. You know what, fuck Go ahead. I, you I, I'm from Alabama. No, no, listen, listen. Martin Luther King came down to Tuscaloosa like 1963. Uh, something called... Um, and you, you was born in... No, I, wasn't born, I was born after this. I was just telling oh, you about Martin Luther King and the significance of the day. Please you tell me? us. Um, you see... You fell for If you it. see the, um, when John Lewis... <laughs> no, 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 listen. If you see Bloody Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Bloody Sunday. It's Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday. Some niggas waited till Tuesday no, no, to no. get around the No, track. no, no. Bloody Sunday happened in Selma. But the reason for Bloody Sunday was Bloody Tuesday, which happened a year before that in Tuscaloosa at the first African well, that church. that is true. Martin Luther King came down there too, you feel me? They tried to beat up everybody in the church. My whole family was involved in that right there, you feel me? So well, All the shit that came about because of walking. I keep telling you, put that the, fucking walking, you live the, longer. It was the trying to, um, inter, uh, trying to um, tell them that you can't tell us not to have black, you can't tell us to drink from the black water fountains, you know what I'm saying? I don't think the North dealt with that. That's a Southern thing, you feel me? Which basically is a Confederate thing, definitely, you feel me? 
for the black water fountains. I don't know if New York dealt with that. shit you saying makes sense. Even in um, Chicago. You got to think. You got to think. What nobody in Chicago. You think they could have told somebody in Chicago? Did Martin hear about this? Because he, he, he only Martin drank bottled water. Martin knew so, about it. He knew about my, my cousin used to be Martin Luther King driver. He was his personal driver for about seven years. No, the guy named Clarence Bozeman. He got a wife named Maggie Bozeman. She was the first woman charged with voter fraud in the United States. Her and a woman named Julia Wilder. And her husband drove her to it? No, her husband just used to drive Martin Luther King around. Okay. You know, civil rights movement, we, we entwined in Alabama. These are just my, mm. these are my elders and my family. always getting on here trying to make story. Alabama look like a good place. Don't nobody want to go to Alabama. Bloody children. Exactly why. I ain't trying to go no place called Bloody. Anyway. Exactly. That's what somebody offered me a Bloody Mary the other day. I punched them in the throat. I was like, don't come over here, cousin. <laughs> Mississippi put me in charge of public relations. I'm changing the perception of Mississippi. How can you do that? Shit, I get on here every fucking time and be a cold-ass nigga. I show the world that it's magnificent motherfuckers down there in that country. You were Mississippi? They were magnificent then. What part of Mississippi? I'm from Oxford, Mississippi, where a dime costs a dollar. Uh, what college is that? There's oh, a college that Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. In Northwest. Oh, that shit's so far south that the pump sunlight to that motherfucker. This motherfuckers. <laughs> Deep. Hey, it's, it, hey, everybody doing the same kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Mississippi got a different color highway, too. What color the highway is Yeah, there? well, you know, it just got brown highways out there. The white folks don't that? call us niggas because they know our name. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, you can have that. You can have Mississippi. Uh, I need to stay north. I need to stay north. I, I, although my woman from the south. Hold up. Wait a minute. Why, you I got family from the south. But I'm not going to talk about the south. The south, like, you know, no. where y'all from ain't just great either. Ain't nobody from Chicago. Not from Them the same motherfuckers. They everybody all from came Chicago, from Mississippi. From the south. See? Yeah, everybody from Chicago from the south. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicago but, ain't out there. Well, we Chicago for life. Things ain't so doing far. that good up there now. I've been to Chicago. I think after the show, we should do a drive. What they got up there, Chicago? No, fuck, we should. <laughs> we should drive by Chicago and look and Let me tell you what happened. I, I got to tell you what happened when I went to Chicago. No, uh-huh. I don't want to know. You want to tell I'm mad at you for the Martin Luther King shit. What you tell you? Actually, I wish I can we mute his mic. You see what I'm talking about? You see how they do me? You see that mic? And this don't go out live. They got to edit that part out anyway. This is true. We leave it. Because we want people to hear the type of shit that he holds us hostage to. Man, this got to be held accountable. My story just seem wild, but they all love the chick, man. You know what I mean? See what I'm talking about, Mike? Mike, I'm the, the first chicken one. can smell bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit ain't nothing but you, though, grass. Man. He watching. Look how he looking at your ass. <laughs> motherfucker got his eye. God damn it. Don't do no shit. This motherfucker jump over there. Look, by him. we did this show called um, <laughs> The Miss Pat Show. I know a bitch sound just like that. Really? Boy, he must have hit it right. <laughs> That's how Wrong she... Wrong <laughs> Oh, you don't have to be fucking. <laughs> you don't have to be fucking up for her to make that sound. That's what. That's how she sound after you tell her you're not giving her forty dollars. <laughs> chicken, chicken. Now you did the Miss Pat show recently. Oh yeah, Miss Pat show. I got the Christmas edition coming up. We shot it already. Debbie Allen directed it. And Debbie uh, Allen from Fame. Oh yeah, and she only directed two of them. This is the third season. That's Damn it, you done went to the new shit. I was gonna ask you about your character on Martin too. I'll come back to that shit. All right, Ben. Uh, and no, Miss <laughs> Pat shit's off the chain. I'm gonna get to play Santa Claus who gets fired, and I can't tell you the whole story because it's really, really good. But to be able to work with Miss Pat, she's hilarious. She is fucking. She's crazy. Hilarious. Yeah. We got the same birthday. 
Really? What day so is that? So happy birthday, uh, birthday, belated birthday to Miss Pat. What day is that? The second, April second. Oh, the birthday just went past. Yeah. I'm calling on the way. Me. She never picked the phone up, but I'm gonna call it. Me, Miss <laughs> Pat, Marvin Gaye got the same birthday. Get the hell out of here, Marvin Gaye. That's man, why Marvin Gaye on the wall. Man, I remember the day Marvin Gaye died. Man, my daddy was in the house going crazy. Like, man, they got him. Hey, Miss Pat had texted me happy birthday. I, said, I hit it back. I said happy birthday, Miss Pat. I love you. She called me and said, what the fuck you mean you love me? <laughs> 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 I was like, Miss Pat, not like I'm in. I know you married and shit. I'm just saying, like, I love you. We got the same birthday. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with you like that. And she was like, well, what the fuck you say that for a white? Like, you love me? <laughs> like, why, why, why do you even say that? Like, you, is you trying to say something to me? I'm like, Miss Pat, I ain't even mean it like that. You know what? She trying to fight I, you. Exactly. I was like, hey, I ain't know that the trauma ran that deep. <laughs> I made a mistake about them set with my chicken. You take and the chicken everywhere you go? No, the chicken takes me. Oh. And when I got there, I, I walked in, and just like this, at the circle, read the table read, and I accidentally squeezed the chicken. She said, don't bring that motherfucking chicken on this set. Well, it's her set. I'm who that motherfucker I put, put on my seat. So I get through doing my line. I leaned on the chicken. I leaned up and did that. And she screamed from way over there, I told you, don't bring that motherfucking chicken on my set. So I did this. <laughs> and everybody in the room fell on the floor laughing. Man. They were howling. This on set. On set. Table read. It wasn't but nothing but love. That brother called the chicken rules. <laughs> Mike, you ain't crazy. Mike, Mike, you a wild bro. Yeah, you the fucking man. Hey, man, he's the fucking chicken, man. Y'all you already. Know, his chicken is powerful, man. It changes people. Folks who don't even laugh, they hear this chicken first, they're disturbed. What the fuck is this nigga doing? When, when, did, when did this shit start happening, man? About a year and a half ago. My ex gave me this chicken, which is probably why she's my ex. <laughs> I'm glad I ain't break shit. And I'm mm. glad y'all rich, because if I did, it yeah, we'll get some money. Hell is y'all. I'm fucking out of here. Get some motion shit. Get some motion shit. Get some motion shit. My nephew now, y'all. Come on. Yeah, we big. My, you was on Martin, too? Okay, so bag it up to Martin. That he didn't know Martin he was on there. 14 years no. ago. Yes. Oh, those candles off the chain. You know what? He I'm can't not, let me smell them. I'm not even going to light them. I'm going to give you these motherfuckers. I'm not even going to light them. See, I told y'all free shit is shit. Thank you. I'm gonna put them right in the bag. Appreciate it so good. I paid for it one time. Oh man, no thank you. Shit. One time I'm right in the bag. I'm gonna put the chicken in here too. Like I've been shopping. I'm gonna like this one. Yeah, this motherfucker. All right. What? What is? That's a different guy, though, right? No, that's the. Hey, we get. We got all out. These are our candles, man. 85 times. Yeah. Everything that we fuck with is out, man. We got our own grinders. We got our own rolling tray. This is nice looking grinder, it's silver. Yeah, exactly. You want that? No, I can't, I can't take no grinder, but that's nice. All right, well fuck, I just wanted you to have some shit. I love it, man. You giving me enough of bringing me here, man. You know, cause first of all, you know I love you. Right. You know, I mean, you've always been one of the greats, really. Ever since I met you, out of the young cats, you sizzle shit, man. Long Thank before you. you became part of this trio, when it was just you. You know I've called you many times. Hey, man, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, cause you funny, but fuck. And it's natural. It comes from your spirit. It's just good shit, man. And I found so, the right people in this group of no, audience. No, you found the right people. That's what makes the difference. Yes. Find, I'm okay. That's how I keep talking about my woman. Sonia Powers, soon to be Cowyer, uh, because my whole life changed when I met her. That's when good. I, everything in my life is aligned now. 
Really? I'm sitting smack dab in the middle of my dream, brother. I'm doing everything I ever wanted to do. And I'm so much in love with a woman, I no longer objectify women. And I've objectified women my whole life until I met her. You know, look at that ass. Nice titties. I wonder if she swallows. But now... That's objectifying? Oh, that's objectifying. When you treat them like an object, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. kind of object? <laughs> well, hopefully, object hopefully a sexy one if it makes you react. And I don't do that anymore. I wouldn't care if Beyonce. Why, what you do now? I ignore him. I think about Sonya. That's all I can think about is Sonya. Mark, Look, if you the type of woman, Sonya, you better. Hold up. If you the type of woman that's going to make me ignore other women, Mike, Mike, Mike. stay the fuck away from around me. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I swear I can't even think about nobody. She's so I don't want no parts of that shit. <laughs> uh, uh, she the bomb, dude. Number one, number one soul food restaurant in Winston-Salem, North Carolina called Whoa. Simply Sonia's. We love it. She has a second restaurant called Simply Soul, and she just acquired the building for our third property. Hear me say our third property. Our. Yes, sir. I'm a restaurateur now. Anyway. Hold on. Mike, that is beautiful. And I'm up here trying to get a mother to go half on the beef patty. Go ahead. (laughs) Do your thing, Mike. I apologize to my mother when I say this, but Sonia makes a better salmon croquette than my mama. And my mama has held that title for 64 years, young man. She can cook her ass. Matter of fact, let's get back to nigga for a minute. I don't really do chicken wings. That's too nigga for me. Okay, I'm black man. Don't get me wrong. My assalamu alaikum. Why to why to the motherfucking bone? Okay. Black man, but I'm fucking with chicken wings. Because every place I go, that's all my friends are. We can be a fucking friend. Ooh, ooh, chicken wings? No, nigga. We out of chicken wings. <laughs> but she has wings. made this sauce called the Sonia sauce. I'm eating wings again. That's all I can say is I'm eating wings. She fine as frog's hair. You ever seen frog hair? Nope. You can't see it. It's, it's too, too goddamn fine. fine. Talk to me, somebody. And she has changed my life. Her just being in my life has aligned everything else. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. I can't, I talk about it every day. I tell strangers in the street, they say, why are you telling me? I say, shit, I'm telling everybody. She bad my fuck. If I wasn't me, I would have been her. Oh, she bad my fuck. I wouldn't wear the dress, but I'm just saying. Okay. I heard you. And when it gets quiet. Ah, that shit, no, no. I, that was, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you, somebody, somebody, you be somebody so great you want to be great for you. Mike, I don't I know shit like that existed. <laughs> he said this shit is terrifying. <laughs> I'm scared <laughs> as a motherfucker. I run up on this. Oh my god. Like, so no. and so you should love this right here for that, that. All the women should love this right here. You know what I mean? So can you imagine but, you meet yeah. a woman and you be like, hey, bro, don't you ever talk to them hoes like that. <laughs> <laughs> Channel85.com. Go get the app. You got an hour for free. We gave you what you wanted. Now give us some subscriptions to the app. Eight fifty, eight ninety nine with tax, eighty five dollars a year. Channel eighty five dot com, eighty five South Shore. Get the app. Well, see, this what they don't know. The app really three dollars, but adjusted for inflation is eight ninety. Yeah. low said, get the app, man. Stop bullshitting. We out of here, man. AT and T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news 
sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 